Hey, hey, online misfits. I'm Shannon, your host, and today I have with me Audrisha Pemberton. And today we're going to talk about focusing on like the difference between the rioting and the looting and what message we're trying to really get across and how that's kind of getting mixed up in the wash and how people are focusing more on the rioting and looting as opposed to understanding the message behind it. So thanks for joining me, Adresha. How are you today? Yes, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm sure you're exhausted and I'm sure that you've been getting all kinds of messages coming through and you know everybody is just like turning to you for all the answers. So I appreciate your time. Yes, you are welcome. And yes, like you said, I have been getting lots and lots of questions, lots and lots of calls about everything happening. So yeah, I'm ready to dive into it with you. Yeah, good. And I think a lot of people are really, really trying to understand and do it right. And so I think that's why, you know, you and a lot of other Black people are getting all these questions from white people because we're like, okay, we get it. We want to do something. So, you know, we don't want to screw it up anymore because we've screwed mm -hmm. it up for so long. Let's, you know, the quicker we understand how to do this right, the quicker that we can rectify it, I'm thinking, is where they're coming from. Correct. And I have seen a lot of that on social media, um, especially today. I wouldn't say it's fizzled out, but I will say less people are posting on it. So it's not a diluted feed that I have right now of all about race topics or Black Lives Matter. Right now, it's a lot of people asking questions. So while I'm personally not posting much content, I do see like my white friends asking what can I do? Like, I need to know the exact answer. And they're coming from a place of, like you said, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I mm -hmm. completely get that. Um, so as it pertains to, you know, looting, protesting, rallying, there's a lot of people who are speaking out and saying, you know, the looting is taking away from the message, which is true. When you have 10 people on your timeline talking about looting and only one person talking about the actual issue, of course, the actual issue is going to get buried underneath that. So with that being said, if people truly understand and they have that multi-dimensional understanding of, yes, I don't like looting, but I also see the problem, why choose to share the content that's going to help flood things out, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So mm -hmm. yes, I might, you know, be, for Black Lives, I really want to be an ally, but choose not to use your platform to bring light to the negativity because that's how we right. end up flooding out the message. And it goes back to a perfect example of a visual uh, of Blackout Tuesday last Tuesday, how everyone was to upload a Black Square to bring mm -hmm. awareness to uh, everything that was happening. However, on Instagram, <laughs> lots and lots of people were using the hashtag Black Lives Matter underneath that Black Square. What happens is when you go click on Black Lives Matter, all you saw was black squares. You lost all the, the, the educational pieces. So you lost everything because some people didn't get the message of don't use that, use Blackout Tuesday. So it's kind of the same thing. If you talk about one thing and this is the message you're trying to get across, it will truly drown out the information you're trying to get seen. So everybody has to be on one accord of using their social media for good and not bad, where I personally don't agree, you know, with the rioting, the looting, of course, I mean, don't bash up people's windows, like, but right. I get where they're coming from, but I'm not gonna speak on that because that's not my personal pain. I don't share the same hurt, the same trauma as the people who are lashing out in that way. So again, 
that's not for me to talk about. I'm going to continue to talk about where I can make a difference, help bring it to light. So I think if more people get on board with that, the better off we will be. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people are focusing on it and lumping it all in just like, you know, a lot of times the police officers are getting all lumped into one big pot and, you know, mm -hmm. white people and black people and looters. And, you know, so, it, and I think, you know, I think a lot of it is frustration too, because, you know, we're seeing the cities, the inner cities getting destroyed. And now what, you know, now what's going to happen in two weeks when you need to go to the grocery store or you you know, you're seeing these people's livelihood being destroyed. And, you know, so I, I get where they're coming from with that. But yeah, I understand. Yeah. And to that, too, a point that ooh, I think all of us have seen on social media, there have been so many people who have shown up to these areas just to mess up stuff like they don't mm -hmm. even care about anything that's happening, why people are there. And there have been videos of that surface on the Internet. So, again, choosing to put that on the people who are there for the right reasons and not the people who are there for the wrong reasons. I forget what city it was in, but that came out too. They said that, I think it was, where is it? Minneapolis, that the people who did that first, they weren't even from the city. Like they were right. all out of state. So again, to stir up drama, to make it look like this is, you know, a negative writing kind of group when the vast majority of those people weren't. And we even had videos uh, surface when Dallas had their first, wave of protests happening there are people with that they were not black people <laughs> again videos mm -hmm. of non-black people with right. bats in their hands poles like trying to destroy buildings but also in that same video you see a line of you know different races of people so black people white people hispanic people telling them like no no don't do that mm -hmm. so you can tell already like everybody was there for this i didn't even say everybody most of them were there for the right reason, but then there are people who were there for the wrong. So I think it's almost irresponsible to pin that on those people to say, you know, the people who protest, that's what they did when we know that they didn't for the right. first part. But then again, you always gonna have those ignorant seeds in environments like that. So if you see one person knock a window, you're going to think, oh, let me go in there and get me a couple of van shoes now that the store is open. I mean, that's not how that works, but that's theft right. at that point. And I truly think that people in that nature if they are seen on camera i think we have the technology and the tools to be able to you know give those people proper consequences to that because again i personally don't condone thievery like i don't mm -hmm. condone but exactly yeah so i mean to that extent or it's from that angle yes of course that's not right don't do it but also knowing it's going to happen right so all out there please stop those people please do what you <laughs> yeah can. Keep it right. civil. That's your responsibility too. Like if you again, this is a perfect example. If you see something bad happening, stop it. If you see a police officer on somebody's neck and you are around, stop it. If you see somebody being racially profiled, stop it. You see these things happen, you wait till they happen, and then you choose to complain about the way that it happened when you had every responsibility being somebody in that close proximity to something like that happened and you chose not to do something. You are just as responsible like those cops were held just responsible for watching mm -hmm. that police officer kneel on that man's neck and do nothing. Ha, there it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's so true. And I think we've gotten into the thing where, you know, so many people are like, well, it's not going to make any difference if I say something to my racist uncle and, you know, that's just how he is. And, you know, if I just ignore it, then, you know, maybe it'll go away, but it doesn't go away. I mean, my own father-in-law is like that. And, you know, I've been married for 18, 19 years, and we've had this conversation 
almost every time we visit him. And I'm like, do not say that word in front of me. Do not talk about people like that. We don't talk like that. Like you're teaching right. my kids that it's okay because you're a person of authority. And whether it makes any difference or not, I still feel responsible that I have to say something every time because that's my job. And do you think, I'm asking you a question, do you think because, like you said, as a person of authority, when they say those types of things, and again, go unpunished, do you think that also teaches your kids something too, to see that behavior not corrected? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you know, and then it just looks like mom's crazy, and why is she making a big deal out of it, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And again, that's how the message of what Black Lives Matter truly stood stood for and still stands for is we just want to see, you know, action behind these things. Again, Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, that whole situation, a lot of people saw an innocent teenage boy get murdered and that man got completely off. Mm -hmm. What does that tell the next person who chooses to profile somebody who's in their own neighborhood like he was right there by his house so it's right. like when you choose not to correct things soon then it's like what are we teaching um and then like the was it the charlotte nine uh was his name dylan roof I, there's been mm -hmm. so many yeah to go in and shoot these people in church and then to get escorted out mm -hmm. they feed him it's like the treatment is just so different so oh, yeah. and that's Definitely. So when we talk about racism in that regard, it will truly boil down to the day-to-day -day racism that Black people sense. I was talking to a friend and she said, have you ever walked into a room and felt uncomfortable? And I was like, yeah, as most Black people have. And I countered the question and I said, have you ever walked into a room and noticed that you were one of many white people and there was probably like two Black people in the room with you? She said, no, I never noticed that. And I was like, oh, well, it's the other way around. We notice that all the time. I walk mm -hmm. into a room and I see one other black person and I'm relieved. I'm like, whoo, praise God. Like, I'm not <laughs> the only one there. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. somebody else in here. And it's not because I just feel uncomfortable around white people. It's just like, you know, all eyes are going to be on you at some point. And while that's not everybody's uh, belief, like, oh, I'm going to go stare at the one black girl. But there are people who look at you like you're in the wrong spot, like you're in mm -hmm. the wrong place. And that happens often, especially with where I live. Often. Right. Yeah. I think it happens often in many, many places. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's so unfortunate and, you know, it's just so hard to like figure out, you know, what is the first step and then what is the next step and how is it going to look once it is rectified, you know, and, and as a white person, you know, somebody was, I was reading about white privilege and I, and I thought, well, you know, because we've talked before that my father was black. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I know all the basics, you know, I don't say the N word, you know, and I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do that. And I was like, so I'm non-racist, probably borderline anti-racist too. And yeah. then I thought, shit, you know, I have definitely benefited quite a bit from white privilege. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and I was telling a friend of mine, I said, you know, when we're not going to benefit from that anymore, it's going to be difficult for us because mm -hmm. now we may actually have to go up against somebody who has the same experience and um, education that we do. And it's not going to be, we're not going to have that bias, whether or not the person that's hiring us is prejudiced or not, there's still that 
slight bias. Correct. Yeah. And I will say that too, as somebody who is a hiring manager, a lot of times you look at the name first, but because I'm so used to my name, Audrisha Pemberton, of course, that's a black girl's name. Like I know people probably have slid my resume off to the side, but I've had the benefit of being in proximity to white people. I'm not white. I'm very black, but I have very close proximity. Like I said earlier, I know a lot of white people. So whereas if I didn't know these people in these places of work, my resume very much could have been one of those ones slid right through. But because it was a white woman who was in a higher up place, had the ability to be like, mm, put this in the hands of the person who's doing that direct hiring. So I think it's especially my responsibility as being a black woman who is doing that hiring, or it's a benefit rather to everybody who applies, is that just know their resumes are not getting skipped over. I'm legit going down looking at their actual skill. I don't care what the race is. We can obviously tell what's black, who's black and who's white, uh, you know, uh, Isha kind of baby name on there somewhere. But to me, I don't discriminate. It's like truly it's neck and neck when you have somebody of color. I can't speak to say all white people don't do that, but we pretty much can tell in workspaces when you show up to your first day of work and you are the only black person on staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> Only one. Right, right, right. But I mean, it's got to start somewhere, you know, so going forward from here, it may be that, you know, there's only one Black person working there, but is that a step forward? I think with what is happening now, the mirror, like people are starting to look in the mirror more. What I think most people didn't understand, like, yes, you can see racial injustice loud as day. Like, that's in headlines if you choose to pay attention to it. The way media will portray, you know, like a, a Black man being killed by these white officers. There's a theme along every single death. He had this criminal history. He had this criminal history. He had this type of sickness. So it's bound to happen versus when it split oh, he was an honorable man. Oh, he had, he was an honor student. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Look, you over there shaking. Brock do you know what Turner. I'm saying? Yes, Brock Turner. Baby, don't get me started. That That's had what I'm saying right there. That's you know what I mean? They were like, oh, George Floyd had whatever he had on him, on COVID, him or in his COVID. system. Yeah. COVID, y'all trying to tell me this man died because of COVID? We had a whole knee on his neck and you're right but i'm not even talking about that they're talking about he had fentanyl in his system right and brock turner is an upstanding human being i am it just blows me so again it's very small biases like that and media and how they choose to paint you know black people versus white people and i don't care how many people try to say that that's not true it is true go look it up this stuff it is true Inner, like it is right there and in, in your face and that's ignorance on your behalf to choose not to see it that way because mm -hmm. that's how it is and it goes to i don't even know that reporter's name but i posted on my facebook the woman uh she's a fox anchor news anchor she was talking about Laura ingram yeah that girl she was talking about uh you know lebron and them back when you know colin kaepernick was first kneeling she's like you know you're just a basketball player you just need to dribble okay Colin Kaepernick, not Colin Kaepernick, Drew Brees recently, you know, talking about they're disrespecting the flag. He's like, he's a man with an opinion. Is he not allowed to do? Girl, 
you just told these black athletes a couple years back that they are just basketball players and they should not be speaking about politics, which first of all, things of this nature is not politics. This is about humanity. Second of all, somebody fast forward to present day did the exact same thing and you're defending him again. Mm -hmm. Very, very small, small things that people don't see as racism. Like it's not racism, then what is it? What do you call that? Because mm-hmm. every single story, you can put them all side by side. They all have one thing in common. This side is going to be black. This side is going to be white. But you have to ask yourself, why do I choose to paint these people in this picture? And if you don't think you do it, start to think, do I subtly do it? And do I, like, do I unconsciously do it? Most people unconsciously do these things because you're unconsciously fed these things. If you're not paying attention to headlines, of course, you're soaking it in. And that's your perception of these types of people. So you got to be careful what you choose to digest. And if you do digest it, you better look at it from all sides because you're going to be SOL at the end of the day. One of the easiest ways to determine where your mindset is and not saying that, you know, you're a horrible person or whatever, but it's one of the easiest barometers to look at where you need to start shifting your thinking as a white person is when you are speaking to a black person and they are using the same inflections that you do and they are using bigger words are you like oh she's so educated somebody just tweeted about that they were it was really talking about you know saying you know black people are so white when they you know they're well spoken it was like why is that something on that it's like why is being well spoken only a white people thing like we so if you're surprised or you're impressed then yes, I, that's when ah. you really need to like flip that mirror around and start looking at it and going, hmm, okay, there are some changes I need to make. So okay. yeah, I was I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's a really easy barometer to look at and, and use that as an example because, you know, a lot of people are going around, I don't use the N word. Oh yeah, I've got a black girl on my Facebook. Oh yeah, I went to school. I had rooms with her. Yeah, and I'm like, a black girl, but you have to think, <laughs> do you know their culture? If you still ask in five years into y'all friendship about why she doing that to her hair, why she got braids and why she getting a sew in, I'm gonna tell you right now, you ain't got no black friend if you don't understand the basics. So <laughs> that's how I grew right. Because people still to this day, ooh, divine, people still to this day will ask me, Oh, Trisha, you got braids. Oh, my God. Or is that your hair? Did you get a trim? Now, you knew damn well I didn't get no trim. (laughs) And again, it's little things like pay attention. Like, it's not that hard to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, goodness. Yeah. And and I think, you know, a lot of times, like, if we don't know, it's you don't want to ask. Because, I mean, I wouldn't ask my white friend if she's naturally blonde either. So. I do. (laughs) And I think that's the thing. I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. She said, I feel so bad knowing that I'm calling you because you're black. She said, I feel like I'm singling you out because you are black. And I think- Yeah, I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's because we, the way we were, you know, taught in school about like racism and, you know, segregation, all that stuff, it made it seem like it was a bad thing to talk about. So when Mm -hmm. there are people who say, I'm colorblind, I see why they say it, but at the same time, don't erase what I come from because you want to choose to pretend like none of that ever happened. Because it did. 
I hate that it happened, but I'm also proud of where I come from, the type of people that I came from. They pushed through much more than I'm having to push through right now. While it's mm-hmm. still not the same kind of equality, I have so much more freedoms than we would have had in the past had they not chose to stand up and move forward. So yes, please acknowledge that these black people who are oppressed came from where they came from. So because I'm so comfortable saying, yes, as a white person, as a black person. So if I see my friend Ruth starting to show, I'm like, girl, your hair not really blonde? Like, you know, I'll be like, yep, you're not a blonde hair girl, you brunette. You know, COVID really, and quarantined and shined a light on some folks' real hair color. I had no idea about some of my friends. <laughs> I was like, yes, Ruth. I got a big gray streak. <laughs> yes, I had no idea. So for me, I'm so comfortable with it. But mm-hmm. I think that also comes from upbringing. And you can speak to your side, too, especially as somebody biracial. But growing up, you know, I was always taught, you know, be careful with white people. And that might sound racist is all hell, but let me give some context to it. No, absolutely. My mother is almost in her 60s, so you rewind that back. That was, like, not too far removed from segregation. What do we know about times of segregation? People was throwing out the N-word like they was just saying hey to somebody. Right. But you won't class a black person. N-word! Huh? Like, who does that? That was, like, you know, coming off the heat of that. You have to rewind back to my mother's mother, who is my grandmother and very much alive till this day, big kicking it in East Texas, um, lived in those times. My grandfather lived in those times. They were the ones getting negatively catcalled at by the opposite race. So you have to think, how did they have to raise their black children using separate water fountains back in the day? They were giving birth Mm -hmm. to these children with this heat of racism. And it was thick as all hell at the time. Um... You have to raise them to be defensive against stuff like that. You have to warn them about this is how people are. Like, you can't think these people are your friends. And even think, you know, Ruby Bridge is still alive as, again, big kicking it. They people through riots because they didn't want her to go to school with white people. And she's the right. first black girl to go to that school. Like, she is still alive. That stuff is not far removed. So when you have people like Ruby Bridges, who's around the same age as my mom, giving birth to people of my generation, of course they instilled that in us because they lived it. So when mm-hmm. people say, we've come such a long way, to who? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to who? Right, right. Okay, we in the same schools, we're working in the same places, but the racism is still there. And mm-hmm. that's what I need people to understand. So even and the biggest display is obviously police brutality and how it's handled between a black person and a white person. Yes, it does happen to white people. Whoever listened to this, we know it happens to white people. However, it is properly handled when it's with a white person. It's not brushed under the rug. Breonna Taylor murdered in her own house. Why then people ain't got charged? I don't know. You know what I mean? Little stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But this stuff happens on the day-to-day basis. Like racism is alive and well. And I think a lot of people are starting to learn about the subtle things that are racist right yeah Yeah. that's yeah that's true that's so true and it's a good thing because you have to purge it out before you can fix it Mm -hmm. and you have exactly you have to you have to see it first like i tell people all the time you can't fix a problem if you don't know what the problem is like how you gonna Mm -hmm. fix something if you don't even see it like you have to see it within yourself first and i know there's so many good-hearted people I don't know how many different analogies I can say this in who are like, why can't we all just love each other? And I'm like, yes, that is what the ultimate goal is. But that means something is broken if that's not the case right now. So we Mm -hmm. see 
love is not in the air. <laughs> it ain't there. We got a long way to go. So if you want love, what can we do to start loving people? You can't, like, I think love is a choice. So if I go outside and I'm choosing to love somebody, it's like, I don't care if they're black, green, gay, you know, Catholic, Muslim, whatever. It is. You have to choose to love these people. But you mm -hmm. can't have, you know, be discriminating against people because they don't share the same belief. And I think that's the first issue. It's not just black and white. It's so many different corners. But right. what people are saying right now, Black Lives Matter, is this. Like, we're just bringing awareness to one of a thousand different things that's dividing us. Because even in Christianity, I used to be one of these people who would be so judgmental when people didn't subscribe to your own convictions. Mm -hmm. So when people didn't subscribe to my personal beliefs, it used to offend me like crazy. It's like, well, they're wrong. I mean, Audrey, are they really wrong? Or did they just have the freedom to do whatever the hell they want to? Right, right, exactly. So you know what I mean? Like, are they really <laughs> wrong? Or are you just being bitter right now because people aren't doing what you want them to do? And mm -hmm. I have to tell my friends all the time, it's like, okay, where you are, you agree to these standards of what, you know, a Christian entails. Just because you did does not mean the person next to you did. So how can you, it was a woman uh, she's a deacon at the church I went to. She said, you cannot hold somebody responsible for something that they never agreed to. And when she said that, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, that's it. And I stopped exactly. thinking the way that I was. I was like, this person never chose this. Why am I trying to make them hold up standards that they never said they wanted to follow? Mm -hmm. So it's not your business what people are doing. So in right. that regard, like race, it's the same situation. It's like, if you want love like something's broken it was me i was broken in that instance again i was trying to force people into something that they didn't you know choose but when it's racism it's not i didn't choose to be black so what are we going to do with that right there's something broken with people who look at me and think or and feel some type of way when i'm in the grocery store managers who feel the need to follow me or ask me what i'm doing like sarah didn't just walk in the store with me and i'm like why do you come to me like five of us just walk in the door at the same time like why are you looking at me so yeah, I yeah. just, I, we all want love to be in the air. We all want it, but we got to start somewhere with the broken pieces first. Exactly. Yeah. And examining in ourselves first. And I will say for both sides too, I know I'm going to shake the table when I say this about some black folks. Uh, we have got to start forgiving. I'm not about mm -hmm. to rush somebody's process of forgiving. You mm -hmm. stay mad as long as you need to be mad. Forgiveness is for yourself and not for anybody else. But as for me in my house, <laughs> mm -hmm. I choose forgiveness because I know what bitterness and anger feels like. I hate that feeling. I don't like it. It crushes me. I choose to forgive quickly, as quickly as I possibly can. So I think that's why I'm able to exhibit a lot of patience with some white people in these conversations because I'm not mad. I'm just right. trying to help them understand. And the sooner we can all get there, the better off we will be. However, mm -hmm. they are still held to a certain responsibility on their end. Just because I forgive you does not mean you don't need to acknowledge your own wrongdoing. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like some people are like, yeah. oh, I'm off the hook. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I'm she forgive me. No, 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 no. We're gonna go dissect all this stuff you got going on in your heart. Like now's the time just because I'm gonna approach it you know, so we can understand each other. Like, I just want to know where you're coming from, but you also have to understand where I'm coming from and understand that you're not wrong. This is just what the issue is. Now help me fix this issue so we can all keep trucking forward. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's where it gets lost on a lot of people. A lot of This people. is going to be like a conversation that is not going to be 
short. It's not going to be sweet. It's not going to be easily remedied. It's going to be a lot of work on both sides. And, you know, I hope that the majority of people are willing to actually put the time and the work and the energy into it because I feel like I know that it will be well worth it. Yes. And I will say to that, somebody asked me, or was it me or was it something I just saw on the internet? Probably me. <laughs> Again, too many conversations. Somebody was asking, how do you have these types of conversations? And then I want to ask you, have you initiated any conversations before I tell my side? Have I? Uh-huh, like initiated any of those tough conversations since all of this. And if you have, like, what, how did you bring it up? Because it's awkward if you're sitting, you know, with your very obvious racist family members. Like, how do you just ease off into it? Well, I mean, I initiated it with you, obviously. Uh -huh. You know, I saw your, your friend's post and saw that you had put out the invitation that, you know, anybody wants to get on your calendar. And I was like, great, because, you know, not everybody is willing to talk about it. You know, not everybody comes from the vantage point of, you know, like, yes, let's talk about it. Let's sit down and talk about it. You know, some people are of the vantage point of you should already know, or if you don't know, then you're not trying. So, um, you know, I start, I initiated it with you and, you know, I've been talking to my husband about it a little bit, you know, I've been bringing it up with my kids, you know, um, just random people just bringing up, Hey, what do you think? And like, what do you think about this comment that somebody made, you know, and just getting into discussions with that. Mm -hmm. And I will say that's pretty much how I've jumped into every single one of them too, is just ask for the conversation. It's not mm -hmm. a comfortable thing to say. Um, you just gotta ask. I was actually having dinner last Thursday. Yeah, last Thursday. I was, of course, the only black person there. Uh, we were all sitting in the backyard. But again, I'm used to that. That's my, you know, my circle of people. Um, but it, I don't think we've ever been around each other when something has been this heightened where it was like black versus right. white. I don't think we've ever been in the same room together with that happening. But for me, it wasn't awkward because I know them well. So mm -hmm. it was just like, we sat down, had wine in our hands. Y'all, so what about this racism going on? So for me, I'm used to it. I'm so used to people who acknowledge the, the elephant in the room. And so I'm trying to be more assertive in that way. So how you saw the same thing. I'm asking for conversations. I was mm -hmm. on social media just throwing out my email like it was water on everybody's comments, especially if they had an opposing view. And it wasn't because I wanted people to convince people of things. I just wanted to talk. Like, I just wanted right. to talk. Like, literally, I just want to see where your mind is, where your heart is. Like, if you truly just, like, forget these people getting killed for no reason, that's where you at, that we ain't got nothing to talk about. But if you are somebody who actually cares about the stuff mm -hmm. happening, you're just not speaking out on it, that's different. So I just want yeah. to make sure your head, like, you truly understand what people are saying. Like, again, you can be very right in your opinion. Like, you can be very hurt by people kneeling for the flag. Okay, great. Be hurt by that. I will hurt with you if that hurts your feelings. However, if you are not willing to understand the why, that is where I have the issue at. Like you can be so passionate about your cause, but you can't really shut out something else, especially if somebody offends you. If somebody offends me personally, I, oh, I'm finding out why, like we finna go fix this thing. Like I don't mm -hmm. take somebody offending me and just letting it slide. So if you are offended, go tell them you offended, but ask them, why did you offend me? Like, they will tell you, but you're not willing to listen. So right. again, ask for a conversation. 
bring it up, it's gonna be mad awkward. <laughs> yeah, but I, like I said, it's needed. And you know, I think, I think a lot of white women are raised to be more, I don't wanna say genteel, but you know, like overlook it. And you know, if I just close my eyes to it, it'll go away type of thing. You know, and I was raised in Florida. And so like we're South, but we're not the South. So right. we were raised to say what we wanted to say. And, you know, with my father being black, say what you have to say, you know, we are very outspoken and we don't beat around the bush. And then, you know, going where I went to high school, you know, we were desegregated. So white people were bused down to the South side and, and vice versa. So, you know, how you had mentioned like, you were the only black girl in the room. There were plenty of times where I was the only white girl in the room, but right. you just ask the question. And so I think that's why I have, you know, enough people on my Facebook that I can say, hey, can I ask you this? Right, yeah. So I know you gotta go. No, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good. Okay. We got time. Okay. Yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs> I'm going is like up the street, we got time. Okay, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think, I think for, white people we need to just ask it and and take that chance shoot that shot and if you know a person of color or a black person gets offended then is it okay to move on to the next one and ask them the questions that need to be asked if we're really trying to learn i think it is and i'll speak to uh just somebody who asked it so i used to teach group fitness classes with her in college um she was asking genuinely because again i know her well mm -hmm. she was asking about you know how do i bring it up like again i don't want to say the wrong things and i was kind of disappointed in the people who were commenting on it again black people going down like they were coming from a place of just it was just rude i was like she's asking a genuine question and nobody was really coming at like from a like from a soft place like she's being very very genuine um if I was her, I would personally move on to the next. Like, I'm not engaged with somebody. I personally, I don't deal with foolishness. I just don't. Right. Uh, I protect my peace at all costs. And if my peace includes leaving behind people who are ignorant, who are truly just trying to stir up drama, I'm just going to bypass it and move forward. Um, mm -hmm. And I would suggest anybody that's dealing with people like that to do it, which is, again, why I was dropping my email on so many posts, because it was a lot of back and forth banter about nothing. Like, mm -hmm. and one of my friends kept having to intercede a lot. It's like, focus on the point, focus on the point. And I was like, exactly, nobody's focusing on the point. And I feel like you'll never get to the point if you're in a big pot of differing opinions. One person's talking about kneeling, one person's talking about rioting, one person's talking about Black Lives Matter, one talk person's talking about, you know, protests from MLK Day, another, it's like a mess on social right. media, on one yeah. single post, 10,000 conversations. But I'm at the root of all those conversations is the exact same cause, is racism either mm -hmm. police brutality or the day-to-day. -day. It's all the same thing, but when we choose to try to prove a point, we still miss out, again, on the purpose. So again, for every person who is not Black, uh, I just find somebody who has the patience and the time and who is willing to mm -hmm. engage. That, yeah. That's who you invest your time with, because I, I don't know how y'all do it, because I personally <laughs> would not go back. I don't go back and forth with people. I can't do it. I don't have time. Yeah, right. Right. Find yourself at that point, tell them Venmo me for my time. But I just wasted with you because time is money. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, exactly. And, and actually, I, that gives me an idea that I'll discuss with you later. Um, something that we can maybe set up for that. Uh -huh. So, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I, I hope we 
answered some of the questions that, <laughs> that I had for you. And if not, then I definitely, you know, would like to, to reach out to you again. And I really, really appreciate you being patient with us and, and answering yeah. the questions for us and, and giving us the opportunity to be able to learn and, and try and rectify and remedy this. Yeah, you are welcome. It, it, listen, that's all I'm here for. It's an <laughs> perspective. And a reminder, I am one person's view of a many, 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 many different people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I like to tell my white friends, I am not your token black friend.